for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Good morning. It is good to be together again. Um, hope everyone is well. Um, this morning we are going to be carrying on um, really from where Jack left us last Sunday. So last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. Um, and we looked about how the Holy Spirit, when it first came and filled that early church. This morning, we're going to move on a little bit of, of what that means for us, what that means, what that looks like, what, that, what difference does that make for me and for you as we live our life. But first of all, I just wanted just to sort of look for a few minutes just at how many things have changed over the past few months. I'm sure you'd agree with all the lockdown and, and social distancing, so much has changed so much. We've seen, um, just, just one example, we've seen companies um, who perhaps for years have been against people working from home suddenly have had to get the whole operations running and set up with people working from home. So we've even seen these, you know, these huge um, tech companies like Google and Facebook and Apple who place so much pride in their offices. You know, they have the um, fancy decoration, the slide, the table tennis table, free meals, all this kind of thing to try and get people to want to work for them to get that best staff. But at the moment, it's all gone and they're all having to just carry on their operations from their bedrooms and their studies and their kitchen tables. And it's just amazing how much in such a short space of time has happened. But similarly to those businesses that aren't meeting in their big fancy offices anymore, but they're at home, a similar thing, as you're very aware because you're watching this this morning, has happened with the church or with worship services. A couple of months ago, obviously, we were meeting together in a building, singing together, shaking each other's hands, maybe hugging each other, getting a cup of tea. Um, but now you're probably sat on a sofa or in your bed or at a kitchen table or something like that. But my question really is, aside from all the actual and um, the aesthetics and where you're sitting, I want to ask you, first of all, how has this affected your worship? Has it affected your worship? How what does your worship look like to God at the moment in these times? Now, before I carry on, I just want to stress that that nothing Nothing, as good as this live stream might be and, and how great it is that we can do this, nothing replaces God's people meeting together in one place. I look forward to the day where we can gather again, where we can sing together, where we can encourage one another, where we can look at each other in the eye. If, if I'm having a, a bad day, a bad moment, I can just be encouraged and lifted by other people around me. I look forward to that. Nothing replaces that. But what I want to really look at this morning is how this has changed, how this has changed now, because we can't do that at the moment. We can't do it, can we? And in the Bible, um, they, they could meet together. You know, they, it talks a lot all through the New Testament about the importance of meeting together. And now I don't think much uh, contextually has changed since then to now. I think still that is really important that we meet together. And that is why we're doing what we can at the moment through this live stream. But whatever happens around us, and this is the case for the early church, and at the moment for us with all the things that are happening in the world at the moment, our circumstance should not change the, the essence of our worship. 
We worship because we love God, because he first loved us, because we have a reason to sing. We have a reason to worship him. Worship is not just something that we do. It's not some place that we go to do something. It is by knowing Jesus and by being filled with his spirit that we become worshippers. Now, I just want to look, first of all, at Acts chapter 2. This is where Jack spoke from last week. Just going to read a few verses just to remind ourselves if we've forgotten. We're just going to go from verse 1, which says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then if we go further down to verse 11, it says of the people, um, the rest of the people that were seeing this going on, they said, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. They heard them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. And then it says, amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? So just before we carry on, let's just pray. So God, I thank you that we can gather around your word this morning. I thank you for this story which we can read that can encourage us and can give an insight in what it is that you're calling us to as a church this week, in this season, and for always, God. So we pray, speak to us. Let us hear from you. Let us tune in to what you're trying to say to us this morning, I pray. Amen. So after Pentecost, we see worship spill out of the walls of the church. It started in the upper room and they were filled, but really quickly it poured out and the rest of the community very quickly, they could see them. It says they heard them declaring the wonders of God. Worship didn't just stay in that one room where they gathered together. It, it, it spilled out and, it's, and it, was, it was evident to the rest of the community the whole time. The rhythm of church, I always think, should really be we gather and then we scatter, we disperse, we go. The rhythm of church should be fill us up and send us out. The rhythm of church should not be that we just come, have a nice time, have a coffee, see some friends, sing some songs, have some nice poignant thoughts and then we just go on our merry way. It should be that we come, we get filled up and then we get sent out in the power of Jesus' name to be all that Jesus wants us to be. And I'm fully aware of this story in Pentecost you know, God's spirit came and it's a really odd story. There's some stuff going around which can just seem confusing and bizarre. Now, I don't do this at all to patronise in any way, but I actually love the way um, this story is written in uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible. I was reading this to my boy the other night and I love this book. I, I Honestly, I would recommend this book to any of you because I think it's fantastic the, the way it brings out the narrative of the Bible. But this is not a direct a translation of the Bible. This is Sally Law Jones, the writer, just writing really well to try and um, essentially for kids. But I just think it's really helpful. I'm just going to read just a little bit from this because I just think it's fantastic. And it says how it happened. They didn't know. It's talking about that early church. But they knew that God's power had struck their hearts ablaze and Jesus himself was coming to live inside them. 
They had seen Jesus go away, but now he was closer than he had ever been inside their hearts. And this time, nothing could ever separate them. Jesus would always be there with them, loving them, whispering the promise that would get rid of the poison and the terrible light and the sickness in their hearts. God's wonderful promise to them, you are my child and I love you. Make your home in me as I make my home in you, Jesus had said. Could it be heaven was coming into their hearts? And I just love that picture of, of the Holy Spirit coming and filling the church. And, and not just as, as this big, powerful, dramatic event, but it was actually changing something in their hearts. It wasn't something that just changed the room that they were in. It changed their hearts. Now, when we go to church, we can have our hearts changed. But the great thing, if our hearts change, not just the room has changed, it means that when we leave church and go home back to our family and our workplaces and our friends and our families and all the things that we during the week it means that our heart has been changed Ephesians 3 verse 16 it says this it says I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being that he may strengthen you how does he strengthen us through power what's the power through his spirit and how does he do that in our inner being. He changes us. He changes our heart. He changes us from the inside. He doesn't just make us come and say a few, sing a few songs, say a few lines and sort of do some tick box, tick box ticking, which means that we can sort of feel good about ourselves. No, the promise of Jesus is that he wants to change us so that we can leave and go away from the meeting place and change the world around us. So much of the early church's worship happened not just in their gatherings, although they did that, and Paul makes a point throughout the New Testament to say how important that is and to not stop doing that. But a lot of their worship happened outside of the walls of the church. Their worship, it didn't depend on the building. It didn't depend on nice coffee on their arrival. Their worship, it didn't depend on having a band or having screens or having their friends nearby. None of that. Their worship was more than that. Right through their week of whatever they were doing, their worship did not just happen within the church. It happened outside of the church. I just want to tell you a quick story about Kevin and Jill. Kevin and Jill are uh, recently retired. Uh, they've got a daughter, though, and a daughter's married, and they've got three kids. And... Uh, Kevin and Jill, they love their family. That is what they love to do, especially since they've retired. That's kind of a thing that they've really made a focal point of their life, wanting to spend time with their with their daughter, son-in-law and their kids. So what they've done is they've recently, just a few years ago, they moved into a new house because they wanted to have a place where their family would be happy to come to and want to be and spend time with them. So they bought a new place with some couple of extra bedrooms for the kids. Um, and they've bought things for the house. They've bought um, they bought some toys so that when the kids come, there's loads of stuff to do. They've they've bought an extra television so that when the kids are there, they can sort of chill out and have their space. They've they've made sure there's a couple of spare rooms. They've bought bunk beds. They've they've sort of made it this place that that their daughter and their family want to come and want to be. And and it and it's been fantastic because they've done that. They've had loads of time with their family. You know, they're dropping in at the weekends and staying over Christmases. Or 
all this kind of thing, and it's been fantastic. But two, three months ago now, lockdown started, and so they've not been seeing their family. They've not seen really their daughter very much. Their kids have not been able to come over and do all the things that they used to do. But then a few weeks ago, lockdown was lifted that little bit and they were expecting that their daughter might come round um, and meet up with them in a park or something. And that phone call never happened. They thought that as the lockdown got lifted a little bit, they thought they might come and, you know, be with them in their garden but the garden they've not quite got round to sorting to make it as perfect as the rest of the house and their family haven't called they've not been around yet and Kevin and Jill are just beginning to wonder whether their family have just been coming because of the house and not because of them I wonder whether for some of us God is wondering the same thing about us, maybe. Maybe for a long time we were coming to church, we were gathering, we were singing the songs, we were lifting our hands, we were going to the small groups, we were getting there early, we were helping out with this, that and the other. But maybe God is just sort of thinking, where are you? Where's, where's my worship? Where's my worship? Ephesians chapter 2, just a few verses before what we spoke um, about just a few minutes ago. It talks just an amazing few verses about how the church is not the building, it is the people. It's something we often talk about, isn't it? Church, you know, what is it? Not the, the people, not the steeple. Uh, the church is the people, not the building, that kind of thing. But I just love the way that it's written here in Ephesians. It talks about the church and it says, that Christ Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. This is chapter 2, verse 20. It says that Christ Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. So not, not any of the physical building or any of the things that are inside of the building, but it says that Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. And it says, in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The church, as we've said, is not the building. At the moment, churches up and down the country, around the world, cannot meet together at half past ten on a Sunday morning. But how good is it, perhaps more than ever, that the church is not the building. The church is me and it is you. It is us. It is something that God is building. It says in this passage that it's not that we're drawn together by meeting physically in a nice building and having coffee and singing songs. It just says that in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. We need to make sure that we are in Jesus this morning. We need to make sure that we are not just doing what we're doing because of the, um, the Sunday morning and the programs and the things that we like to do and get out because it adds some structure and ritual to our week, all that kind of thing. Although that is brilliant and we're going to be getting back to that and I can't wait to get back to that. But the church being built does not depend on the building. It does not even depend on a live stream. This is brilliant that we can do this. This is a way that we can be together in some sense. But the church is more than a building. It is more than a live stream. It is more than a Zoom call. 
The building is me and it is you being filled up and then being sent out into all the places that we live and the paths that we cross during the week. As we finish, I just want to read a passage from an old uh, A.W. Tozer book, a preacher, writer from many years ago. And he says, if you can just bear with me as I read this, it's just powerful words. He says that many of us, it says that we think of worship as something that we do when we go to church. We call it God's house. We have dedicated it to him. So we continue with the confused idea that it must be the only place where we can worship him. We come to the Lord's house made out of brick and wood and lined with carpeting. We are used to hearing a call to worship. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let us all kneel before him. That is on Sunday and that is the church. Very nice. But Monday morning comes soon. The Christian layman goes to his office, the Christian school teacher goes to the classroom, the Christian mother is busy with duties in the home. And on Monday, as we go out, as we go about our different duties and tasks, we are are we aware of the presence of God? The Lord desires still to be in his holy temple, wherever we are. He wants the continuing love and delight and worship of his children wherever we work. Is it not a beautiful thing for a businessman to enter his office on Monday morning with an inner call to worship? The Lord is in my office. Let all the world be silent before him. And this is the hard bit. Are you ready for this? It says, if you cannot worship the Lord in the midst of your responsibilities on Monday, it is not very likely that you are worshipping on Sunday. I pray that as a church in this time when we can't gather together that we learn in a new way, in a more deeper way, in a truer way how to worship him. I pray that as we um, sit maybe on a sofa next to um, a spouse or someone else in our family or maybe by ourselves, and it can be a bit awkward do I sing my husband is a terrible singer all this kind of thing that can be a bit awkward in a room kids charging around maybe maybe the stream buffering here and there and pausing sometimes like this and it kind of takes you out of the moment but I pray my prayer is that in the midst of that that we learn to worship that we continue to be a worshipping church I pray that whenever it is that we meet together again and we can sing together, that we're not rusty in our worship, that our muscles haven't got floppy because they've not been used for weeks and weeks and weeks. I pray that when we meet together, that we are full of worship in a way that we weren't before we left. When we gather again, our hearts are full of worship for God in a way that they have not been before. I pray so much that our worship pours out of this hour slot on a Sunday morning, whether that be in a building or be on a live stream. But our church floods, our worship floods into the rest of the week, whether you are in work, whether you're working from home, whether you're retired, whether you're doing homeschooling this week, whether you are whatever the case will be, that your worship does not stop at the end of this stream, but your worship continues. It continues in the workplace. It continues in the home. Worship for me has just been such a, a gift. 
I mean, my worship, it's for God, it's about God. Primarily, it's to God for the audience of one. But worship offers me um, something incredible. Like I would like a, a huge part of my faith is my worship. I love trying to just have worship music on in the house and in the car and just trying to keep an atmosphere of worship wherever I can. And I encourage you, what does worship look like? when you leave the church, when you turn off this stream this morning. Why don't we pray? God, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that that the Spirit is not something that we need to be um, fine weird and, and nervous of, God, but it's something which just melts our hearts and makes our lives better. God, I just pray that you fill us with your spirit now. God, fill me with your spirit. Why don't you just make that your prayer in your home right now. Say, God, come Holy Spirit and fill me. Just make that your prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Make it your prayer and say, Holy Spirit, fill me up and send me out. God, I pray that as a church, that our worship would not stop when this stream stops. But let our worship flow out of this hour into the rest of our day, into the rest of our week, into all the places where we work and go and people we talk to. Let us be people where it just overflows with lifting your name higher. We pray, Holy Spirit, come. Move in our life. Move in our heart. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.